Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Everyone, there is so much going on tonight, but we have to begin with shocking, breaking news. What appears to be a very... Very serious injury in tonight's Monday night football game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills' safety, Demar Hamlin, collapsed on the field after making a tackle in the first quarter of the game. Run game as well. Here's Higgins wide open to midfield and lowers the shoulder for 13. This is where Joe Burrow is so good. Now another Bills player is down. Can't tell exactly who that is. Maybe Hamlin. Jordan Poyer was able to go to. It was indeed Hamlin. It was number three on the Bills. When you were watching it, he appeared to stand up for a moment before collapsing. It is incredibly disturbing to watch what has happened. We don't yet have all the information on his current condition, but we do know that an ambulance was brought onto the field, and according to the ESPN broadcast, Hamlin received CPR on the field before being driven out of the stadium in that ambulance. Bob Costas joins us now on the phone. Bob, so scary to see that, to watch consecutive breaks from the game, players on the field huddling together, crying We don't know all that's happened or what caused the injury exactly and what the nature of it is, but have you ever seen anything like this tonight? Well, there have been circumstances in the past. Daryl Stingley, a receiver for the Patriots, was paralyzed uh, from the neck down after a hit in a game against the Raiders in the 1970s. Uh, There have been players who collapsed on the field because of cardiac difficulties. Uh, a player named Chuck Hughes with the Detroit Lions back in the 70s died on the field. J.B. Kane, who was a receiver for the then St. Louis Cardinals, who now play in Arizona, a similar thing during training camp, but nothing exactly like this. Uh, the play does not look that out of the ordinary. Uh, people might think if they weren't watching the game that there's some sort of helmet-to-helmet contact. Uh, the young man, DeMar Hamlin, made the tackle. T. Higgins, the receiver for the Bengals, actually hit him in the chest. Nothing dirty about the play, according to the rules. This kind of contact happens all the time in football. But Hamlin actually, although he made the tackle, took the brunt of the collision uh, squarely in his chest. You wouldn't think, if you watch a lot of football, that there was anything that unusual about that play. But he got up, took a couple of steps, wobbled, and fell backwards. As you said a moment ago, Laura, uh, they came out on the field. They administered CPR. You could tell by the expressions on the faces of players from both teams, his Bills teammates and the opponents on the Bengals, that something very serious had happened here. Um, and they have suspended the game. And from all indications, this game is not going to be played tonight. Uh, they had shots of some of the players 
in the tunnel leading to the locker room, and they'd already taken their uniforms off, some of them walking around in skivvies. And the Bills, being the visiting team, they'll have to travel back if they don't play the game tomorrow, for example, in Cincinnati. And it looked like the Bills' equipment people were loading up some of the equipment as if there would be no more football played tonight because we don't know uh, what the outcome of this is going to be. It could very well be, well, you don't want to be an alarmist, and we're certainly not going to speculate with such sketchy information, but it could very well be that the young man's life is in the balance. So nobody has any appetite to play football after what they uh, saw happen on the field tonight. Bob, just telling what has happened in the past, and we've seen the nature of the injuries you've even described and the horrific trauma that has occurred to the bodies of so many people. Football is a sport that people have been following for quite some time, talking about the dangers. Normally, the conversations have been around, even this year alone, have been around what the rules are for a player to return, how many games to be out, the idea of a team now opting and deciding whether they will return to play. You're right, I cannot imagine having the wherewithal, having the appetite, having the desire to be able to play in a game at this point in time, especially not knowing really what has happened to this young man. In terms of the, the why there is such a focus on this game tonight, I mean, we are approaching the critical juncture in terms of football, approaching playoff season and beyond. But the idea that that would be something prioritized over the health and life of a player should be not done. Yeah, and I think no one is suggesting that. Uh, The broadcasters, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Susie Colbert and company who are in the studio for ESPN, they've handled this in a very sensitive and appropriate way. They haven't uh, speculated because you can't possibly do it. Is it possible, possible that the young man had some kind of pre-existing condition which was unknown and this contact could have triggered that? This was not the sort of uh, collision that automatically in and of itself causes concern. Um, But when he got up for a moment and then collapsed, it was clear that something significant had happened. And then when the ambulance came out on the field and you saw the stricken expressions on the faces of players from both teams, this was something very much out of the ordinary. And what you alluded to earlier, Laura, uh, most of the focus has been, and rightly, on concussions and the ongoing issue of CTE uh, in football, both professional and and amateur football. It doesn't appear that this falls into that category. Uh, But the young man is at the hospital right now. We understand that his his mother, at least, I don't know if his dad was there, but his mother, at least, was at the game. And she went in the ambulance with him uh, to the hospital. And that's about all we know now. And, Bob, we are learning right now that the game has officially now been postponed. In fact, um, there had been some footage earlier before the game. Remember, this just happened in the first quarter, everyone. This was the first quarter of play, and there was footage of him greeting his family members before the game, embracing them, taking selfies, hugging. This is, I think, a 24-year-old man, young mm-hmm. man, who was only drafted in, the tw- in, in 2021, so a very, very new player to the professional leagues. But I want to bring in for a second, uh, please stay on the line, Bob, we need mm-hmm. to talk to you soon, but I want to bring in CNN medical analyst, Dr. Jo- Jonathan Reiner. Dr. Reiner, I'm so glad that you are talking to us today because when you're looking at this and we're seeing what transpired and we're all, I mean, myself, a layman, is looking at this as a fan of football and watching an injury transpire, not quite understanding what could have caused somebody to stand up again and then collapse and have CPR administered. 
Do you have any insight? When you saw this played, what was your instinct telling you? Yeah, hi, Laura. Uh, first of all, my thoughts are with uh, uh, Dammer Hamlin. Uh, this is a, a life-threatening uh, uh, event. Almost certainly what, uh, what happened uh, to uh, Mr. Hamlin is something called commotio cordis, which is basically a cardiac arrest caused by a you know, sharp blow to the chest at precisely the wrong moment. The heart is governed by electrical impulses. And if the heart is struck at basically the wrong millisecond in the usual cycle of these electrical impulses, it can cause uh, a catastrophic arrhythmia called ventricular fibrillation. And that would take about six seconds for the person to pass out. And when you look at the tape, uh, Mr. Hamlin made the tackle, he got hit in the chest. He got hit right over the heart, he got hit in the left side of the chest, that was the blow. Uh, he got up one or two seconds later and one or two seconds later he collapsed. And that's how long it takes for you to pass out after your heart fibrillates. But what does that this mean, ventricular? When, uh, unpack that term for us. So ventricular fibrillation. So ventri what does so, that so mean? The, right. So the heart, the heart beats in a coordinated fashion. When the heart fibrillates, when the ventricle, the big thick pumping chamber of the heart fibrillates, instead of squeezing rhythmically and hard, it quivers. And when the heart muscle quivers, it can't pump blood. And when it can't pump blood, the blood pressure drops to zero. And that takes about six seconds. And that's almost exactly the time frame for Mr. Hamlin to go down again. So what, and how, how long would that you That can be resuscitated. To, okay, that's where I was going next in terms of what, what you could do in that moment. The idea of it quivering, of it not having that full beat to be able to pump the blood to the different arteries and get blood circulated throughout the entire body, let alone to the brain. How long do you have to try to course correct? The way to resuscitate a, a person... Uh, uh, that has you know this event is you need to defibrillate them with with an AED with an automatic external defibrillator, and until one is provided, until one is made available, and every NFL stadium has several of these devices, there's almost certainly one on the field level of of every NFL uh, stadium. Uh, one would do CPR, and CPR basically gives you the time to defibrillate a patient, but the clock is ticking, and every minute the chance of resuscitating somebody with a cardiac arrest either from this event what i've called commotio cordis or from uh, a heart attack induced event like this every minute in delay to defibrillation reduces the likelihood of survival by about 10 percent so time time is of the essence now you can lengthen that time a bit with effective cpr but the only way to reverse this is with uh defibrillation it, to me, it seems uh, pretty clear that that's very likely what happened uh, to Mr. Hamlet. Bob, I want to bring you back in here. Just hearing from Dr. Reiner and the expertise that he brings and just watching, as you mentioned when we were speaking earlier about this wasn't something that if people were hearing about this as a helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact or what you're accustomed to seeing in terms of the form of a concussion and beyond, the idea of this arrhythmia, this millisecond that would disrupt the electrical impulses and, and what would happen... I mean, just the, do, you, do you have a sense of how long DeMar Hamlin was on that field? The doctor's talking about every minute reduces a 10% reduction in one's ability for, to survive. 
you know, I don't have an exact timeline and I wouldn't want to put something out there that was irresponsible. I had actually begun watching the game casually and then I turned away from it and I got a text saying something has happened and I came back to it. But by that point, he was down on the field and the ambulance had already arrived. So I can't give you an estimate uh, between how long, uh, how much time expired between the administering of CPR and when they might have been able to defibrillate him. But as Dr. Reiner said, uh, every NFL stadium has that medical capacity on hand. So there's little doubt that he was defibrillated. However, we don't know what the outcome of it is, but uh, they, they have all the necessary uh, medical expertise there. But every situation is different and we'll just have to see how this one turns out. Thank you so much more. We're going to stay here on this story. It's so important. And I would note that we knew that the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, had been in contact with the game officials and also the different teams trying to assess what would happen. We do now know they have decided to postpone and stop this game. It had already been in a postponed state, suspended since the first quarter, when both teams decided to go back to the locker rooms after watching one of their teammates, the Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, collapsing on the field tonight in the first quarter of that Bills game against Cincinnati Bengals. CPR was administered on the field. The young man was taken away in an ambulance. Stay with us. We're going to follow this story. Back to our breaking news tonight. It seems to be a terrible injury that happened tonight in the field during Monday night football. The Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field today in the first quarter of the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. They administered CPR on the field and Hamlin was taken away in an ambulance. The NFL says that he was transported to a local hospital where he is now in critical condition. The game has been postponed. I want to bring in CNN sports anchor Coy Wire, also here CNN sports analyst Christine Brennan, and former NFL player Dante Stallworth, and still with us is CNN contributor Bob Costas. He is still with me. Let me begin with you, Dante, on this, because, you know, you were actually watching this game live, and you saw this play happen, and you initially thought it was just a, a routine hit, nothing to worry about, until you saw him fall. What went through your mind? Well, it was a routine play. It was a catch and tackle, and the players both jumped up. And, you know, I'm always watching the players after the play because I, I like a little trash talk, and that's what, kind of what I was expecting from both players. And when I saw DeMar fall back to the ground after standing up for a couple of seconds, uh, I, I, just, I just knew that it was something wrong. And uh, after they delayed for a while and he was lying down on the ground, and then you heard – the announcers say that they were administering CPR. That's when I became concerned because I, more concerned because I knew that uh, I, I played in the NFL for 10 years, coached, and uh, I'd never seen anything like that before in my life on any level, high school, college, or pro. You'd never seen CPR administered on the field? Never. Uh, practice or during, during the rigorous practices in the, in the summer heat or, you know, during uh, the NFL games where there are a lot of, uh, a lot of season-ending injuries. I've never seen anyone have CPR administered to them on the practice field or the, or the game field. So that, that's when I became concerned and I, more concerned. And I saw the players' faces 
I mean, half the players were crying, both on the Bengals and and the Bills. And to see their faces, you know, it uh, it just underscored the severity of it that we really couldn't see because they were all crowded around. And it's just devastating. And I just I just pray that he's okay. We all do to see what happened and to watch it unfold. I remember early before the game, there were images of him talking to, I believe it was his mother who was in the stadium as well, hugging her, embracing her member, his members of his family as well. Coy, why are we bring you into this as well? Because I'm curious as to what you are feeling and, and reacting to tonight. You also have watched this transpire. You have been on these fields. You have watched injuries after injuries. We've seen the, the spectrum of what can happen. The focus has necessarily been on so many times CTE and concussions. But to watch this young man stand up as he did, drop back down to the ground, and have the players stunned in the way they were, what was going through your mind? Uh, nausea was going through my gut. <laughs> my heart is still racing. Um, it hits home for me. I played six of my seasons in Buffalo as a safety, the same position as DeMar. Um, I have a titanium plate and four screws on my neck. I was knocked unconscious several times. One, I didn't remember what happened until the next day. Um, my teammate at Buffalo, Kevin Everett, we were covering a kick together. He was paralyzed. Um, ambulance came on the field. Players crying. Same sort of scene in college when I was playing for Stanford. Our running back made a collision with Curtis Williams of the University of Washington. He was paralyzed from the neck down. Two years later, he passed away. These scenes are haunting. Um, the, the thing I think we need to take away from this is, one, it's a reminder of how precious life is. Two, it's a reminder that there is progress being made. All the talks about uh, safety, player safety, all the lives that have been lost, all the lives that have been altered from players who have played this game, perhaps they're not in vain because you know what, Laura, a year ago, five years ago, certainly not 10 years ago, they would not have stopped the game. Mm. Dante will tell you the ambulance would come out, take you off the field, you take some smelling salts, you say, buckle up, let's go. Next snap mentality. That's what the players have. That's what the coaches have. That's what the league always had. Disposable players. You put them in that next man up mentality, right? We're not seeing that right now. So if there's something positive that can come from this, uh, the ultimate positive is obvious. Damar Hamlin is going to be healthy, safe uh, again. Um, but it's also that player safety, our personal health is now more important than it used to be. And that's a trickle-down effect. That's going to be important to the college level. That's going to be specifically important to the high school and to the, to the youth levels where these coaches, they can't just throw the kids out there and, and, and tell them, toughen up, get out there, buckle up, let's go. Uh, we're, we're understanding this. It's a different world we're living in now because mm. there's been a paradigm shift in, in terms of player health and safety and how precious our lives are and that the game is not worth it in the end when it comes to serious issues like this. Um, yeah. I would like to just say, hopefully we can get some collective thoughts and prayers together for DeMar Hamlin, because that, that can be powerful. You saw the players doing it immediately when they saw how, how drastic the situation was. Um, he's in critical condition. That was been the last word. Um, but we hope that he can make a, a, a full and speedy recovery. I can't, I, I can't help, but, just sitting here and it's palpable. You are far from me right now, Coy. Dante, you were close next to me at this table, but it is palpable, the trauma. It is palpable, the emotions. 
the idea of what we've seen today, just hearing you talk about that this game might not have been stopped before. I remember as a younger person, of course, watching and waiting for the person to do the thumbs up as they are taken away on the field. And the idea, as you said, the next play mentality and what has changed. I want to bring in CNN chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Dr. Gupta, in times like this, Sanjay, when you hear about the progress, so to speak, that's made on the medical front to try to make this game safer, and yet we hear just this season alone the idea of quarterbacks having concussions, the idea of people mm. who are injured tragically, hearing Coy, hearing Dante, hearing Bob, hearing so many people talk about what can happen. I am really eager to hear your perspective in terms of is there a way to make it safe? I mean, is this is a fluke, Dr. Reiner. You may have heard him earlier speaking about mm. that if this is. Um, Commodio Cortez, and I think he called it Cortez, and you have to correct me with my pronunciation, about a millisecond disruption of the electrical impulses that could change and alter the ability of the heart to fibrillate. Fib- fibr- Go ahead. I can't even get the words out right. To have it actually quiver as opposed to actually pulsing. Tell me what this means to you. Well, I, I think to your first question, Laura, about the safety overall, I mean, um, this is something that I've talked a lot about with, with Coy and, and Bob Casas and others. I mean, I think it's possible to make the game safer, but it's tough to make it safe. I mean, completely safe. It's, it can be a violent, brutal game. Um, I think so much of the attention has been focused. And I'm a brain surgeon. I'm a brain guy. Uh, so much of the attention is focused on brain injuries and, and chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, that does not appear to be what, what happened here t- tonight and what Dr. Reiner was talking about, and I've spoken to other sports doctors tonight. I mean, the, the idea that a blunt force trauma, which is what it is, it's trauma uh, to the chest. Um, yeah, in the chest, you have the heart, you have the lungs. Uh, that sort of blunt force trauma, uh, this is a rare situation, it maybe happens a few, a uh, couple dozen times a year maybe, um, but if, if that sort of trauma is delivered to the chest at just the right time, it can essentially put someone into a, a, a very abnormal heart rhythm, subsequently leading to cardiac arrest, where the heart isn't beating or isn't beating efficiently enough to pump blood through the body. That may have been what happened here. We're all speculating at this point. We'll, we'll obviously get some more details later on. But Whatever the cause was, the, the, the team then assessed that he was in cardiac arrest and they started doing CPR, which is essentially, you know, this idea that there's enough oxygenated blood in the body for a period of time. The goal is to move that oxygenated blood throughout the body so you can continue to deliver oxygenated blood to the organs of the body. Um, the other thing that we don't know if they did at the time or subsequently is to try and restart the heart by delivering a shock. That's the defibrillator that you're talking about, Laura. Um, and they have defibrillators. Clearly, they would have a defibrillator on the ambulance. They, they typically have defibrillators in large uh, venues of all sorts, including stadiums. Um, we, we couldn't see when and where that may have been used, but if that was used, that can be something that can be used to sort of restart the heart. But as you mentioned, and I think I guess Dr. Reiner mentioned earlier, um, time is crucial here. Um, I think, I, I don't know how many minutes precisely he was on the field before being taken away in the ambulance, but every minute does count because you want to make sure oxygenated blood can be 
you know, coursing through the body and that you can restart the heart as quickly as possible. That seems to be what happened here in terms of this being a primary cardiac heart-related event as opposed to something in the brain or the spinal cord. Um, he did stand up for a few seconds before he fell back down. Uh, so that makes the idea of a spinal cord or, or brain injury less likely, although not completely ruled out, and obviously a lot of focus on the heart. Everyone stick around. Christine, Bob, I have not forgotten about you. I'm going to come to you as well. I want to stay on this story. We have, a, have more in a moment on our breaking news. Tonight's Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game has now been postponed after the Bills' DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field He was transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. We've got more in our breaking news tonight, and it is so shocking to see. If you have seen the footage that has been played of DeMar Hamlin collapsing during tonight's Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game, it has been postponed after he collapsed on the field after a hard hit. He was transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. Now, I want to walk through the timeline with you, according to ESPN, the broadcaster of Monday Night Football's game. 8.55 p.m. Eastern, the injury occurs. Then at 9.18 p.m., the game is temporarily suspended. 9.25 p.m., the ambulance leaves the stadium. 10.01, the game is officially postponed. And I will say from our own reporting, we are aware that the team trainers were to him on the field within 10 seconds of that collapse and the ambulance there within five minutes to then transport him. So look at the timeline as it's laid out here about the 24-year-old 2021 draft pick, sixth round, um, just 24 years old, now listed in critical condition. Back with me now, Bob Costas and Christine Brennan. You know, Christine, I want to bring you in here because this is just devastating to look at, to see what has happened. I mean, you have been reporting about this sport and so many others for a long time and have seen the injuries that take place on the field. But tonight, to see what we're seeing tonight and to see the reaction of these players, what are you thinking? Laura, this is just heartbreaking, of course, and it's it's so troubling, and it's it's just terrible. I mean, the words um, are those are the words. Um, this is a sporting event that became anything but a sporting event, and um, I am so glad, of course, that the game was uh, canceled or postponed because there's just no way, absolutely no way, to play a football game. Um, after that happened. And of course, before we know, knew, and we still do not know um, how he is, um, hopefully he will be okay. Hopefully he will survive critical condition. There's not a football player on either team or anyone in the league or any of us, for that matter, as human beings that would ever be able to continue on uh, after something like this. You know, I also think that the conversation with Dante and Coy, they played the game. Um, Bob and I have reported on it and commentated and and been around uh, football uh, for my entire career for decades since uh, since the 80s. Um, It's a violent game. And we fans, how many fans have we heard? We've all been at games or heard people cheering, uh, you know, kill him or hurt him or, you know, um, you know, uh, get him. Um, Americans love that. We love that. We want that. Obviously, the NFL is our national pastime. It's the most popular sport by far in our country in terms of TV ratings and just interest in general. So America 
is is this is this what we will continue to want? Um, I guess it's not an either or, Laura. But if you love the hitting and if you love the violence, and so many millions of people do, my goodness, look at where we are right now. And maybe this is that moment to step back and say, um, what are we doing here? But I'm certainly not a Pollyanna to think that football is going to stop. And it is safer, as Coy was saying, than it's been before. But it is still an incredibly violent game. And I'm reminded of 1971, a man named Chuck Hughes, Laura, uh, died on the field, Detroit Lions, um, against the Chicago Bears at Tiger Stadium in Detroit. Um, And that is the only death on the field in the NFL. Um, Chuck Hughes, 1971. The game went on. I looked this up. The game went on. They kept playing that game. And the fans sat at Tiger Stadium in stunned silence. So thankfully, of course, we don't know yet about um, DeMar's condition. We certainly hope he will be okay. Thankfully, this game was stopped. And thankfully, we have learned some lessons, even as we do love this incredibly violent and difficult, tough game. Bob, I want to bring you in here to talk about what we've seen. And, and, you know, I I hate to just be talking around this person because he is somebody's son. He is a human being. He's more than a player. He is somebody we are focusing on tonight based on what has happened to him. But I don't want to just conceptually talk about football. I mean, this is somebody who grew up in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, went to Pittsburgh for college, was named a Class 4A Defensive Player of the Year, has been in the league for two years, just 24 years old. I remember seeing earlier today him greeting some of his members of his family today who were at the stadium. I think you also mentioned, Bob, um, I believe his mother may have ridden in the ambulance with him. As, As a mother myself, thinking about how I don't want, I'll be honest with you, I don't want my son to play football for the reasons that Christine has spoken about. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that is uh, probably an unpopular position to have, but it's one that this mama bear has. And thinking about what she must be going through or any of the teammates and everyone else on the field. Um, I do want to hone in with your expertise on this point, though. Bob, Coy mentioned, and Dante as well, the idea that, look, a couple of years ago, maybe even five, maybe 10, maybe even more, They wouldn't have stopped the game. They would have kept on going. As Christine mentioned, someone dying on the field um, in the 70s, and the game went on, the idea of the next play mentality. What have been the changes that have pushed the needle forward to make this a more conscientious response that we're seeing tonight? Well, as doctors Reiner and Gupta made clear, their educated opinion is a very educated Uh, It isn't even a guess. It appears apparent to them that this is some sort of cardiac event, which was triggered by a blow to the chest as Hamlin made the tackle and collided with T. Higgins. Um, Most of the focus of what we've been talking about concerning the nature of football has been on CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and the inherent danger Uh, of concussions and even sub-concussive hits over a long period of time. And the rather substantial percentage of players who report some sort of neurological or cognitive difficulty at some point down the line, often in early middle age or even sooner in some cases. Some of the most famous players in football history have reported that uh, with early onset dementia and whatnot as a result of having played football. Uh, It took a long time for the obvious to be uh, recognized. If fighters 
could be so-called punch drunk from blows to the head. Well, why wouldn't football players who take blows to the head, even though they're wearing helmets, take repeated blows to the head? But this particular situation doesn't fall into that category. Uh, Football is a violent game. And what happened tonight falls under the broad category of that violence. But something like what happened to DeMar Hamlin is not nearly as chronic a situation as by percentage as frequent a circumstance as CTE is, not even close. That doesn't lessen the severity of it. And what all of us are feeling, having watched something so terrible unfold and fingers crossed that uh, he survives um, and, and is able to carry on with his life, if not his football career. But just as a matter of fact, this may fall under the broad heading of the violent nature of football, which I am not here to justify. People may understand that for many, many years, as prominently as I could on Sunday Night Football, I pointed out the inherent dangers of football and the ambivalence that I felt about the game. And eventually I stepped away from it because of that. Uh, I don't think that this is going to cause people to say, I'm not a football fan anymore. The game is too big. It's too profitable. It's too popular. Uh, And too many players, including players on the Bills and Bengals, who witnessed firsthand what happened tonight, are still going to want to continue their careers. Where we are, however, is at at a place of greater understanding of risks and rewards. A generation or two ago, CTE was soft peddled. Um, players now know what they're getting into and they can make informed decisions about it. Bob, I remember your comments on the on the sidelines and thinking about it in the commentary and, and you are right to talk about what umbrella this will all fall under and within and what type of epiphanies or confirmation people may have in any event, you are more than correct. We do not yet know what has happened to this young man. We have watched something happen on the field, Damar Hamlin collapsing after a hard hit, given CPR on the field, presently hospitalized in critical condition. The trainer is able to get to him within 10 seconds. The ambulance within five minutes. Our experts and their opinions are talking about the idea of what may have happened if there was a millisecond, a millisecond, that would have caused the arrhythmia to disrupt the ability of the heart to beat and what could actually transpire then. We're going to bring you everything we have. We've got much more to come on our breaking news. A terrible on-the-field injury on Monday night football tonight. This young man, the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, injured and collapsing on the field, transported to a local hospital. He is right now, at 24 years old, in critical condition. The Bills are tweeting tonight that, quote, the thoughts and prayers of all of Bills Mafia are supporting you, Damar. Back to our breaking news tonight, a terrible on-the-field injury in Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills' Damar Hamlin collapsing after a hard hit in the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. You're watching it right now. He's the number three He makes a tackle. He stands up for just a moment before collapsing back to the ground. He was transported to a local hospital where he is now in critical condition. 
The Bengals tweeting, sending our thoughts and prayers to DeMar. Joining me, NFL analyst and former linebacker, Emmanuel Acho and Dante Stallworth is also back with us now. Let me begin with you, Emmanuel, because just looking to see what has happened here, the reaction has been swift. We saw what happened on the field. The players themselves stunned watching this, heartbroken, wondering what has happened to the 24-year-old player collapsing on the field. What is your reaction, Emmanuel? There are no words, but I will try to muster some up. I believe that we've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen anything like this before. Laura, I have seen players get knocked out on the football field, but this felt different. This felt different from my couch. He's a a, a, a six-round pick, Damar is. I was a six-round pick. He's used to fighting for a roster spot, fighting to keep the Buffalo Bills atop the AFC, not fighting for his life. And I think all of us right now have to remember the human, uh, a graduate from Pitt, earned his degree in communications, the the, the player that he is, his second year, the person that he is, a son, uh, the the, the leader that he is, the teammate. And here he is fighting for his life, Laura. There truly has never been anything like this that I've seen in pro sports. Uh, for, For the television to cut to five different commercial breaks as we all await desperately await a response. It was jarring. It was gut-wrenching. But I'm reminded at this time, let's stay optimistic and let's continue to pray for the person, not just the athlete. A very important point to underscore. And, And Dante, I wonder from your perspective, just watching this, what's going through the minds of the players who are on there, the other human beings, the other sons, the other brothers and fathers who are on that field tonight, What is going through their minds? Well, just like Emmanuel said, you know, it felt different from the couch. And the longer he was down there, the more and more concerned you became. The players, especially when you saw the players' reaction, because we couldn't necessarily see him or we couldn't see what was going on with him. We just saw a crowd of players kind of huddled around in in concern about DeMar's situation. And... You know, I just I just go back to when the announcer when the announcers began to talk about the trainers were giving him uh, CPR. That CPR was being administered. That's something that I just immediately I just gasped and began to, began to become more and more concerned that I had never seen that before on any level of football, not in practice, not on the game field. And to see that happening, to see players from both sides, uh, both teams, to see players crying in tears, grown men crying in tears to what was going on before their eyes, to one of their own brothers. Mm. We compete against each other like hell. We work, we work against each other. We cuss each other out. We yell at each other. But at the end of the day, we all understand this is a brotherhood. We, we're, all, we're all working hard to to compete and to play our butts off. This has always been, for most guys, I'd say 99% of the guys, it's been our childhood dream. And to see that, to see that moment, uh, just from my couch personally, and to see the players, uh, to see their reaction, the guys that are right there on the field, it was heartbreaking. Well, I wonder before, I, mean, I have to go to break, but are either of you surprised, Emmanuel, are you surprised that they postponed the game? Did that, just given the state of play and sometimes the way that, 
Frankly, leagues across a variety of sports can be dismissive of the lives of some players. Did it surprise you that there was that action taken? It did not. They had no other choice but to postpone the game. For once, Laura, hyperbole became reality. Typically before a game, we talk about going to war. We talk about dying for the man to your right or to your left, going in the bunker with your brothers, living out a dream, fighting against the opponent. You might have to lay your life on the line for this. But Laura, if I'm being honest, that's usually just hyperbole. That's just figures of speech that we use rah-rah to get each other fired up. But in this moment, when hyperbole has become reality and Damar is truly fighting for his life that he laid down on that field in front of tens of millions, there was no other option but to suspend the game and the NFL made the right decision. Gentlemen, stay around. We have more in a moment on our breaking news. Tonight's Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game has indeed been postponed because the Bills' Damar Hamlin, 24 years old, collapsed on the field after a hard hit. He was transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. He's being treated where you're looking right now. Our breaking news tonight, what appears to be a terrible injury on the field during tonight's Monday night football game. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field in the first quarter of the Bills game against the Cincinnati Bengals. CPR was administered on the field and the 24-year-old was taken away in an ambulance. The NFL says he was transported to a local hospital where he is now in critical condition. The game, understandably, of course, has been postponed. A lot more on this breaking story in just a moment. Our breaking news, what happened tonight on the field during Monday Night Football? Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin in critical condition after collapsing. He's number three on the Buffalo Bills. He was hit during the first quarter of tonight's game between the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's according to the NFL that he fell on his back just moments after getting up from an open field tackle of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. The Buffalo Bills team trainers got to him within 10 seconds after he collapsed. And an ambulance was brought onto the field, and he was even administered CPR. CPR. I want to go back to CNN's chief medical correspondent, Sanjay Gupta, senior contributor Bob Costas, an NFL analyst and former NFL linebacker, Emmanuel Acho. Dr. Gupta, Sanjay, just thinking about what has happened here tonight. And there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't have all of the answers, obviously. He is in critical condition. We have seen what happened. There was the collapse and getting back up for a moment, of course, before he actually collapsed after that tackle was made. Do you have any insight into what could have transpired here? Do you think this was a a cardiac, obviously, cardiac issue? What could have prompted it? Yeah, it, it really does seem like um, um, a cardiac issue, a heart issue primarily. It, it's, um, it's, we're speculating, Laura, at this point, and it's, it's tough to watch that, uh, what transpired on the field there. But a couple things to just point out. Um, as you said, he, he stood up for a minute or a few seconds at least before he collapsed. I think one of the things that people always think about uh, with football and um, 
is a brain or spinal cord injury. That doesn't seem as likely the case given that he did stand up at least for a period of time before he collapsed. Um, there is a condition known as commotio cordis, which is basically uh, something that occurs from a strong blow to the chest at a particular time in the heartbeat. And if it happens, it can essentially throw the heart into this very dangerous arrhythmia. Mm. The heart's always conducting electricity. That's how the heart chambers beat. Um, if, that, if that blow happens at the right time or at the wrong time, it can actually cause the heart to go into this abnormal rhythm, leading to cardiac arrest. Um, it's rare, Laura. You don't see this uh, very often at all. In fact, a lot of times it, it, uh, when you do hear about it, it's typically in sports like baseball, where you have a, a fastball or something that hits somebody in the chest, something small that hits somebody in the chest at that exact uh, precise time to cause this sort of problem. But again, I just want to be clear. We, we don't know. What we do know is that he was uh, requiring CPR for several minutes on the field. So he was assessed very quickly. It sounds like within 10 seconds of his collapse, uh, they determined that his heart was either uh, not beating or it was in an abnormal rhythm, and they began CPR. What, the goal at that point is to try and see if you can restore the heart's normal rhythm. Uh, and typically that is done with something known as a defibrillator, an AED, automated external defibrillator. We don't know if, if that was used uh, on the field. Clearly in football stadiums, large venues of that size, they have them. There was an ambulance close by, so that would have an AED. Um, that would be critically important to try and restart the heart. But Sanjay, and then I just looked at that timeline. Through, sorry, walk me through though what would happen from, I mean, behind the scenes. You have been in many an ER, you've been in many of an, an OR trying to assess what happens. From the on-the-field, yeah. to the cursory inspection, trying to figure out what is going on to get the lay of the land, to the point you're in the ambulance and now at the hospital. Is there a battery of tests that's being run? Is it something that you're mm -hmm. trying to, I mean, what, what is that scan like in a greater detail to figure out and assess what could have happened here? Yeah. Well, I, I will just say that those first few minutes are, are really critical. So it, you're right. It, it's, it's not the ambulance or the hospital being on the field, but you have to be acting in those first few minutes uh, to, to try and move the oxygenated blood through the body and or defibrillate, you know, to restart the heart. But what is likely happening now um, is they're determining, you know, trying to get an idea of exactly what the status of his heart is at this point. Uh, most likely, uh, he's on a breathing machine because you're giving medicines uh, that, uh, you know, you're trying to uh, improve the heart's function or doing things to restart the heart. What we've last heard was that he was in critical condition, which means that he has vital signs. He has a heartbeat, but uh, they're not within normal the normal range. So right now, it sounds like what they would be doing in the hospital is trying to stabilize him. You can become in critical but stable condition. And that would be sort of the, the next goal. Ultimately, you'd like him to come into stable condition, meaning all the vital signs uh, come back to within normal limits, and ultimately be in a, at a point where he's doing all those things on his own, not requiring a breathing machine, not requiring medicines uh, to, to uh, allow his heart to function normally. Um, I don't want to minimize this, Laura, though. If you've been in, uh, undergoing CPR for that length of time, I mean, this is obviously a serious uh, concern, serious uh, issue. When the heart is not beating well or not beating, uh, all the organs are not getting enough blood flow for a period of time. So they're going to want to assess the, the sort of impact that that uh, decreased blood flow has had on the rest of his organs. That's probably what's going to be happening in the hospital tonight and, you know, for the next 
next period of time. Including the brain. I, I often think about, we always hear yep. about the stories of if blood is not pumping um, in an efficient manner, trying to be able to give that oxygenated blood to the brain as well. I mean, thank you for explaining where, where we are with that. It's just, it's unbelievable to sure. think about this. Emmanuel, I want you to, I want to go to you here because, I mean, just thinking about it, and you, you remind us, and of course it is worth and bears repeating, that we're talking about a human being on this field who happens to be a football player, who has been injured in some manner that led to his collapse, and now he is in the critical condition that Sanjay Gupta has ascribed to us. Um, talk to me a- about your experience as an athlete and as a player and having witnessed injuries on the field before, obviously unlike this, but what is the mentality? What is going through your mind at a time like this? And and do you feel as though the players, by making the decision, obviously collectively not to return, is this a paradigm shift in the way that the sport has changed? The players are in shock right now. I was re-watching an old clip of when I saw a teammate of mine get carted to a locker room. And I, I look at the teammate, I look at the sideline, I look back at the teammate and I did not know what to do. My teammate, former teammate, he, um, he ended up being okay. Like I prayed DeMar will as well. The players are an absolute shot. You can't play after something like I this because you, yeah. you're so concerned about your brother. You're so concerned about your friend. You're so concerned about your colleague. But really, Laura, I'm, I'm thinking of this. The, the NFL, which owns one day of the week, two nights of the week, if you will, has never felt smaller. Right now, everyone is focused on DeMar, DeMar Hamlin's health, his well-being. Again, this is a son. This is a friend. This is a brother. This is a 24-year-old young man who is fighting to stay on a team. The Buffalo Bills are trying to stay atop of their conference. They are favored to go to the Super Bowl. DeMar Hamlin is just trying to fight to, to keep his team afloat. He was not intending to go into this game and fight for his life. And so if you really humanize all of this, this is something none of these players have likely ever experienced before. And hopefully none of these players will ever have to experience again. And Emmanuel, I should mention while, while you're speaking as well, we were seeing from outside of the hospital um, Bengals fans who were having a bit of a vigil, a candlelight vigil, um, standing outside of that hospital facility in support of the Bills player, it's recognizing what has happened on that field and the shock and the stunning nature of all that has transpired. And, and, and you mentioned as well about him being a, a sixth-round draft pick. He, he actually became a starter, I believe, this season after another player had, uh, I think, endured a, or sustained a neck injury as well. Speaking about the, the wherewithal, the, the charisma, the intent to be able to perform at this level. And it's just to think about where we are right now, unbelievable. I want to bring you into this conversation, Bob Costas, because we are learning more information. We don't have all the answers still. There's a lot of conversation sort of esoterically about uh, sports in general and football uh, and violence and what's taking place. But in terms of where we are right now as well, I mean, just walk us through a little bit about the significance of all of this happening right now. This has been a season 
where we've got a number of, of injuries that have taken place. There, a legend was lost just about a week ago um, out of the Pittsburgh Steelers abruptly. You have a quarterback at one point being concussed and having conversations about whether to return to play. The idea of more broadly legends and what happens on the field always discussed. What's happening right now, a different type of legendary event. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, as I said in the last hour, Laura, each of these things, as the ones you mentioned, fall into a different category. Uh, I'm not aware of uh, there may have been an autopsy performed and uh, the result uh, escaped my attention regarding Franco Harris. But this was a 72 or 73 year old man who died in his sleep. Uh, The situation with Hamlin, as we said in the last hour, and as our medical experts have indicated, is almost certainly the result of a blow to just the wrong part of the chest at just the wrong millisecond, which caused an arrhythmia and a cardiac event. That's separate from CTE, which is much more common in football at both the professional and amateur levels. I am the furthest thing for an, from an apologist for football. It's a violent game, violent by its nature. But this particular, and you can only make it safer. You can never make it safe. I've said that many, many times. But as Dr. Gupta said only a few moments ago, the particular circumstance that triggered this event with Hamlin can also happen in baseball. A line drive back to the mound hits the pitcher in the chest at just the wrong moment, at just the wrong spot on the chest. The very same thing could happen. So in that sense, it's not unique to football. Is it by common sense more likely in a game where there is violent contact on almost every play? Yes, it is more likely, but it is not unique to football. Dr. Gupta, on that point, I mean, there's a thing that obviously stands out when you're talking about baseball versus football in particular, and I think about padding initially, right? The idea of, and you've seen sometimes when you've got a player who is um, up at the plate and they may have a shoulder sort of a protective gear on one side. Normally it indicates they've been likely been hit before in that area and they are aware of what that felt like and they're wearing something from here over in order to cover themselves. The, the padding might be distinctive, but I still wonder, this, this, it sounds like what you've described, and again, be very clear, we are opining until we hear from yeah. these doctors about what's happened to this particular person. But what is described, it seems like a blunt force trauma more broadly, that could happen in a variety of environments, not just in a sporting event. Is that right? That, that's right. I mean, when, and when you do hear about it in sporting events, uh, you do typically hear about it in sports uh, like baseball um, or even lacrosse or sports like that involving a, a ball, a hard ball uh, at a high rate of speed and, and hitting the chest at just the right time. Um, you, you really don't hear about this in, in football much. I was just sort of trying to talk to some of my colleagues uh, in the sports medicine world, and this is unusual. I mean, the, the condition that we're, we're talking about here, and, and I'll say this again, we don't know for sure, but what it may, what it may appear to be here is something known as uh, cortis commotio, um, where, where basically the, the heart, the, the chest, just around the position of the heart is hit at just the right time, and that basically is what triggers this arrhythmia, a change in the electrical rhythm of the heart. Um, 
I think it probably doesn't happen more than a dozen to two dozen times a year, just to give you some sense, Laura, of how rare this is. And again, uh, I don't know that I've heard about this in football, but the idea, again, of something smaller, uh, a ball usually hitting the chest, in this case, it may have been the edge of a a shoulder pad or something like that that may have hit uh, the chest. Um, We don't know for sure, but that's, that's possibly what happens here. And you have a little bit of time after the blow occurs before someone might actually start to become acutely symptomatic. In this case, pass out, lose consciousness, as we saw happen uh, to him. We are awaiting the news conference as we speak at the hospital where the Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin is being treated. He's 24 years old, collapsing in the game today after a tackle, a hard hit. He was able to stand up following that tackle and before collapsing onto the field. They administered CPR. An ambulance did carry him away to the hospital where he is now listed in critical condition. I want to bring in CNN sports anchor Coy Wire and get your take because you mentioned this hits particularly close to home um, for you. You were a Buffalo Bills player. You yourself have had injuries, a titanium, I think, plate, I think, at, at some point in your body and your neck. You've watched and witnessed fellow players be injured on the field. I'm wondering what you, Coy Wire, are feeling tonight, because this is emotional for everyone to watch and to see and to have this anxiety of what is happening to this young man right now in the hospital. Yeah, Laura, I played six, uh, six of my seasons in Buffalo, and I played safety just like tomorrow. Um, and, and just watching that game tonight as a fan, you know, cheering, cheering my team on, wearing my colors. Um, when I saw him fall, I knew it was something different. Um, mm. You know, I have a titanium plate and four screws in my neck. I was knocked unconscious several times in my career. One, I didn't remember what happened until the next day. Um, but I've been in similar situations that those players on that field felt tonight. Um, when I was playing with the Buffalo Bills in 2007, my teammate Kevin Everett from the University of Miami is a tight end. We were covering a kick together and he hit the wedge and he just fell to the ground like a lead balloon and he was paralyzed on that play. There were the ambulance, there were the huddles, there were the tears. Um, when I was in college at Stanford University, my teammate running back Kerry Carter hit University of Washington's Curtis Williams and uh, he was paralyzed from the neck down in the year 2000. He passed away two years later from complications from that hit. Um, so seeing that game and just thinking about that, I mean, it, you know, brings emotions out of me and memories um, because typically as players, we're trained to have a neck snap mentality. You know, I think in years past, those players would have been getting smelling salts and the coaches would have been smacking them on the butt and say, all right, we got it. Let's buckle up. We got to focus and let's get back to it. And if there's any sort of silver lining in, in, in this tragic situation, it's that uh, our perception about player health and safety has changed. All of the CTE, all of the concussion talks, uh, all the lives that were lost, all the lives that have been altered from people who played this game. Maybe those aren't in vain because that game tonight was stopped. That's never happened before, Laura. That to me is a powerful moment, but it pales in comparison to this young man, this son, um, this young man who is out trying to help his community as a backup safety. 
He was getting an opportunity to play a Monday night football, Laura, against the Cincinnati Bengals and made it to the Super Bowl last year. And, uh, and this happens. I can't imagine what he's feeling. I can't imagine what his mom's feeling. Um, his teammates are feeling. But um, we can just send collective thoughts and prayers. I believe that works. I believe there's power in that. And uh, last we heard, he's in critical condition, fighting for his life. And hopefully, uh, just as I mentioned with other situations, that something can be learned from this and that he has a speedy and healthy and full recovery and he can get back out playing the game he loves and giving back and serving communities and re- doing toy drives for children like he loves mm. to do. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a young man who, uh, who needs all of us uh, sending well wishes tonight. Koi, you are so right. And I would note that toy drive, we'll be just updating it and looking at it. People are responding around the country, around the world, and donating to that toy drive tonight. Exponential growth just shows you the recognition and the collective thoughts going towards this young man. And we can confirm that Damar's mother was at the game and rode in the ambulance with her son. We've got a lot more to come Tonight on our breaking news, tonight's Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game has been postponed after the Bills' DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field after a hard hit. He was transported to a local hospital, his mother with him in the ambulance. He is now in critical condition. We are waiting for a news conference from the hospital. Our breaking news continues tonight. Buffalo Bill safety, 24-year-old Damar Hamlin in critical condition after collapsing after a hard hit during the first quarter of tonight's game between the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. What you're seeing right now are people from out in Cincinnati, fans of the Bills, fans of the Bengals, holding a bit of a vigil outside of the hospital tonight in support of Damar. He fell on his back just moments after getting up from an open field tackle of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Buffalo Bills team trainers got to him within 10 seconds after he collapsed. An ambulance was brought onto the field and he was administered CPR. I want to bring in former NFL player Dante Stallworth and just what you're seeing tonight as well, Dante. You know, you have people out there who are showing support, who are... um, wondering what has happened and whether he will be okay. We're monitoring all the different reporting coming and waiting for official reporting and official news about his current condition. He has listed in critical condition. I wonder what's going through your mind and tonight, and particularly this idea of this decision process of postponing the game. For many people who were watching this, in fact, ESPN, as they were covering the game, the thought of, well, this, this game can't go on. How can this happen? But the reason it was thought to maybe go on is because of where we are in the season. Yeah, unfortunately, um, this coming into this week, this week was uh, big for a lot of teams that are vying for those last couple of playoff spots. And so uh, this Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills game had extremely high implications for the NFL playoffs uh, to try to get that coveted number one seed. That, that's the only seed this year that has the home playoff game. Uh, or home field advantage, and uh, these two teams could possibly, at the end of the year, end up in the in the AFC Championship to decide who goes to the Super Bowl 
to play the NFC champion. So this game had this game. The magnitude of this game was extremely high. And to see uh, this unfortunate, unfortunate incident happen in, in early in the game and not just the Bills fans, not just the Bills players and coaches, but uh, the Bengals fans, all of them in the stadium, uh, all coming together and understanding how big this situation was much bigger than football. Football was irrelevant at the moment. Mm. And you see, as you noted earlier, the Bengals fans were there in their jerseys, presumably came straight from the game and went uh, straight to the hospital to, to hold uh, candlelights in front of the hospital, mm. obviously wishing DeMar well. And all of the players, I mean, you, they, you saw uh, Stefan Diggs, a teammate of his, going to the um, going to the hospital. I, I think I saw somewhere where they said he caught an Uber from the stadium to get into the hospital, and he had to kind of talk his way through police to get in and get get them to realize he's his teammate and brother and friend, and they let him in. And, you know, it's just really tough to see how all this is transpiring, but it's it's good to see that the people are taking uh, humanity first and not worried about the game so far. Talk to me, though. I mean, I, I've never played football. Um, I, I've never played, obviously, at the professional level that you have performed and have been as dedicated and devoted to a sport. So I don't know what it's like to be in those locker rooms, to have the, the skill, the acumen, the athletic ability, and also the, con- the comments, the coaching, the persistence, and the directives, directives that are given to you. Tell me what it's like. Is there some way that you are all prepared for something like this? I mean, the idea of, as Coy Wire spoke about, the next play mentality. I mean, how does that come about? Is that something that is not only encouraged, but you've got to have that mentality to be maybe brave and bold enough to go out there for that next hit, to take the next hit again? Walk me through what it's, what it's like to achieve that level of professionalism. It's not without risks and about dismissing the risks. Yeah, it's... It's really a, a, a present, a present moment uh, mentality, and and I say that because most of the time these aren't necessarily geared towards injuries. These are geared towards mistakes that are made on the field. And if you play long enough, uh, if you play enough games, regardless of how great you are, you will make mistakes. Um, I've dropped a number of passes before, and you try to forget about those the next play. Because if you let it linger, it's going to linger in, into that next play, and you could possibly drop another one. You could uh, put yourself in a position where you could really lose your cool and not be focused on the game. But and in a sport like this, it could lead to more injuries or even an injury to yourself or someone exactly. else. Exactly, exactly. But that mentality does also show up for injuries because there are so many injuries. It is such a violent sport. Football is not a contact sport. That's basketball and, and maybe even soccer. But football is a collision sport, and I don't know if we – discuss that enough where the mentality is you know a player gets injured and they get injured often and the next guy has to be ready and willing to step up and take his place and it's not that you necessarily forget about that player he's still in the locker room he's still around uh he's still your brother and friend and teammate but uh you do have to go out and perform the duty that he was performing and that's exactly what demar hamlin was doing uh ever since uh poyer had went out who's one of the best players in the nfl and so he got his opportunity because a player got hurt. Because of that mentality, he was able to step in and play and not just fill his role, but play well in that role as a six-round draft pick, a young player. And that, that doesn't happen often. And um, for him to get his opportunity and to play exceptionally well and then this to happen tonight, obviously for football, uh, for, for his football career, you know, you think about that 
uh, and that's that's really heartbreaking. But you know, obviously, which is more important is him right now fighting for his life, him uh, being able to resume a healthy life as a young man, and and uh, you know, if the stars align and if uh, things work out well in his favor, then he can resume his football career. But obviously, the most important thing is his health. I want to let everyone know, too, what we're seeing on the right side of our screen, we are watching from an affiliate who was able to bring us this footage outside of the hospital where DeMar is being treated. You've got Bengals fans, you've got fans, you've got human beings outside holding a candlelight vigil of sorts for another human being who is inside. And after what we've seen on the field tonight, presumably fighting to be out of critical condition and for his life. We've got a lot more to come on our breaking news tonight. Buffalo Bills, while the irony of him being a safety, DeMar Hamlin in critical condition tonight after collapsing after a hard hit during the first quarter of tonight's game between the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. The breaking news we're following tonight, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin hospitalized in critical condition after collapsing after a hard hit during the first quarter of tonight's game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. He fell on his back just moments after getting up from an open field tackle of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. I want to go back to Bob Costas now. Bob, we are getting reports right now. We have an NFL statement that's been issued on the Bills-Bengals game. I want to read it for you here as we're watching People from outside of the hospital, Buffalo Bills fans, Bengals fans alike, human beings trying to show support outside of that hospital. But the statement from the NFL tonight reads, Tonight, Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game has been postponed after Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin collapsed, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced. Hamlin received immediate medical attention on the field by team and independent medical staff and local paramedics. He was then transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. Our thoughts are with DeMar and the Buffalo Bills. We will provide more information as it becomes available. The NFL has been in constant communication with the NFL Players Association, which is in agreement with postponing the game. Bob, what's your reaction to that tonight? Well, it was the right thing to do, uh, all things considered. Uh, This game has playoff implications, which are significant or or insignificant, rather, alongside uh, the player's condition. But it's not like baseball where you can just play the next day unless they decide they're going to keep the Bills and Bengals in town and play on a Tuesday night. And they're moving toward the playoffs. So they're going to have to decide whether they simply cancel the game and the Bills and Bengals play 16 games while everybody else in the league play 17. Both were assured of making the playoffs. The seeding was still in doubt. So perhaps they'll just say, look, we'll just freeze it right where it is, and this game won't be played at all. Because it's very difficult if they're going to push it to next week. The playoffs start the week after that, and there'll still be another game to play. So it is a scheduling problem, which, as I said, is insignificant alongside uh, the condition of DeMar Hamlin. But that is something to consider uh, once once uh, we determine what Mr. Hamlin's condition is and the league decides what they want to do going forward. A really important point to talk about 
the significance and insignificance relative to the experience of this individual, this person, Damar Hamlin. I am wondering that the idea of not moving it to a different day, this is obviously comes down to what we've spoken about before, the profitability of Monday night football, which is arbitrary in its very nature as to why tonight as opposed to any other day, but the cost, the money involved that makes the world go round, and certainly the players in the fields go round. Um, talk to me about the, the impact of the financials into the decision-making as well. Well, I guess um, the those in attendance at the game, if it isn't made up at some point, I guess the tickets for tonight's game, if they do make it up in Cincinnati, they would be good. Uh, perhaps there would be refunds to the Bengal ticket holders uh, if the game is not played at all, because obviously the game was not played to conclusion uh, or anything close to it because the injury occurred in the first quarter. All that is very much secondary. They did the right thing. Uh, the game was the only game, so it had national attention on a Monday night. They did the right thing because it could very well have happened. I don't mean to speak um, so bluntly here, but suppose they had decided, okay, they took the young man off the field, they gave him CPR, uh, they used a defibrillator, he's on his way to the hospital in an ambulance, pull yourselves together after a few minutes and play the game. And then let's suppose that word came from the hospital in the middle of the game that he had died. That would be horrible, not only from, most importantly, a human perspective, but also in terms of public relations and the public reaction to that in a social media world, that would be a very bad look for the NFL. So I think both for cold business reasons and most importantly, for humane reasons, they decided to postpone the game. We also learning, I want to bring in Dr. Sanjay Gupta on that point, Bob. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, we are learning this evening now, we had been, we have been expecting the possibility of a news, pref- uh, uh, possibly that there might be some updates given from the hospital. We don't know if there would have mm. been or not. Um, but we are learning that there will not be tonight a press conference coming from the hospital. I know in a world where we're often accustomed in this 24-7 news cycle and we have the uh, patience of perhaps a, a toddler, it's often expected that we'll get updates as soon as we hope to get them, as opposed to the course of treatment and the review and the medical providers being able to work right. on a timeline that will work for the patient, who's the most important. Tell me, the fact that we may not get any updates tonight, does that concern you at all? Uh, no, I, I would have been surprised, actually, if, if there would have been updates tonight. I, it, it does take some time to... Um, assess the situation. There's lots of testing that's going on, and they're going to want to get more of that information, I imagine, um, the the medical team before giving some sort of update. I think they would want to give something as substantive as they can when they give the update, and and that takes time typically. In fact, if there was an update that quickly, I I would have worried that maybe that would have been, you know, bad news, frankly, worse news. So maybe this is a little bit of a good sign. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's not a lot that needs to be done, but I think that they want to get some of that, those test results back. And, and last we heard, uh, he was in critical condition. I'm sure they want to spend their energy right now uh, addressing his care and trying to stabilize, make sure he is stable before giving any updates and, and uh, uh, alerting, you know, obviously the family first is what's going on before alerting everyone else. 
And as you mentioned, the idea that if CPR was administered, as we believe it has been administered to him, there is a battery of tests to assess the impact on the vital organs and beyond for that oxygenated blood that may or may not have reached or was restricted in some way. A lot of information to come before us. We're going to keep you posted. Thank you so much. We've got a lot more to come tonight on on our breaking news. The Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field tonight after a hard hit during Monday night football. Now, he is right now in a local hospital, as Dr. Gupta has spoken about, where he is in critical condition. I'm not sure if you saw what's happened in the, uh, if you saw in the locker room what's happened with the NFL game. Um, they, uh, they have suspended the game while waiting the player's condition. I was wondering if you can comment on your thoughts on uh, what happened. Is, is uh, that the right call, obviously? Well, obviously, I don't know uh, you know what happened. I've seen the play, but I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, my, my thoughts and, and super prayers goes up to the skies above uh, for that kid's family, for him, um, for you know that brotherhood of the NFL and everybody a part of the NFL family. Um, it's definitely the right call by either whoever made that call, Roger, Roger Goodell, or whoever had an opportunity, to, the authority to make that call to suspend that. Uh, the safety of our of players in, in all sports is always the most important. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a terrible thing to see, um, and, and I wish uh, um, you know nothing but the best for that kid, um, uh, for the city of Buffalo, for the franchise of the Bills. Um, and like I said, for the rest of the NFL too, as well, and also the Bengals that was there, um, and, you know, playing in that game. So, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the NFL. I'm a huge fan of football, and you know, you, you never want to see anything like that happen, um, even in that, the type of competition that they're playing in. The entire sports world really in shock tonight. That was LeBron James, obviously reacting to Buffalo Bill safety Demar Hamlin, who is in critical condition after collapsing after a hard hit during the first quarter of tonight's game between the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. As you see, he's number three there. He fell on his back just moments after getting up from an open field tackle of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Buffalo Bills team trainers got to Hamill within 10 seconds after he collapsed. An ambulance was brought onto the field and he was administered CPR. I want to bring back on Dante Stallworth, a former player as well. Dante, when you're hearing and, of course, just trying to synthesize and digest all that we're seeing and taking a step back, thinking about what we know so far, we know what we have seen. Medically, we do not know what he is experiencing right now. We do not know how critical of a condition he's in or what that means for this young 24-year-old. But just thinking about one thing that LeBron James spoke about, sort of the brotherhood of all these sports, and dare I say the sisterhood included as well, thinking about women being prone to injuries as well in their own right in their sports. I mean, athletes from different teams and different sports watch this in a way that you and I have talked about already. The idea of the shock and the fear, but having to move past that. And I, I, it strikes me, Dante, I wonder if it strikes you as well, what a different world and what we're talking about this. The idea of, of course, the game is stopped. It yep. wasn't that long ago people were right. talking about shut up and dribble yep. in your lane. Right. You know, right. are you not entertained? Now the recognition of these human beings feels different. Yeah, and I think the players themselves have taken ownership. I, I, I don't know how exactly that decision, I don't know the steps that came about to cancel this game or to postpone this game. But what, one thing I do know is watching those players' reactions, I, I don't think they were going back out there, especially the Bills players. I, I saw their reactions, and 
everyone was horrified that that watched this from your couch, whether you were on the field or if you were sitting at home like the rest of us watching watching those players. I mean, just their reactions. I, that, that's that's when I I couldn't see what, exactly what was happening, but I knew there was you something. You couldn't see different. him because they were crowding around him. Exactly, and and that, but their reactions, their just their body language really told me uh, the severity of that. It was something that we hadn't seen before, and we've seen some some really uh, tragic and, and and horrible things happen. But the players, I think, really took the initiative here, and uh, and the NFL made the right call at the end of the day. We're going to take a quick break, everyone, and we're going to come back with more on our breaking news and what's happened to DeMar. Our breaking news tonight, a terrible injury on the field during tonight's Monday night football game. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field after a hard hit in the very first quarter of the game against Cincinnati Bengals. Now, CPR was administered on the field and the 24-year-old was taken away in an ambulance. He was transported to Cincinnati Hospital, where he is listed in critical condition. The game was then postponed. Thank you all for watching. Our live coverage continues. Stay with us right here on CNN for more on DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field in the middle of the Bills-Bengals game after a hard hit. John Berman picks up our coverage after this. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.